It's time for New Wine, hosted by Father Timothy Foy and produced by Cassock Media. Father Foy is the sort of homilist you'd love to have in your parish. With a mixture of logic, reason, and humor, Father Foy knows how to get the Catholic Church's teachings across to the common man in a way everybody can enjoy. Now here's Father Foy. Well, happy Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice. We lit the rose-colored candle. You know, when the rose candle emits all the violet candles, in a way it stands for this hope of the Advent season that amidst the difficulties in life, we can hope already. Christ has already come. He's going to be coming again. So we rejoice. You know, and sometimes you actually, when you want to build up your hope, when you want to sort of strengthen that focus you have, it's good to think about a challenge, even a challenge yourself. So on September 12th, 1962, President John F. Kennedy, he addressed the United States regarding our space program. He said, we choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they're easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win, and the others too. He knew that in setting such a lofty goal, the United States, which had already been a leader in the past on the world stage, it would have to put all of its energy towards this goal, and it would be continuing to be a leader. And, you know, and his words were proved true, but even if they hadn't quite made it to the moon, he knew that all the energy spent would bring the United States kind of into high gear technologically, and it would learn so much about itself and continue to have to pull together, and it would become a stronger nation. You know, again, if you kind of shoot for the moon, you challenge yourself, you're going to get a stronger nation thrown in. But if you keep from challenging yourself, if you allow things to just kind of become kind of complacent, then you're not going to get anything lofty like the moon, and you're going to be a weaker nation. Everything kind of slipping backwards. You know, if you look at the background of the 1960s, slipping backwards was a real threat. America had some significant doubts. The Soviet Union to become this formidable counterweight to the presence of the United States all over the world. Kennedy actually spells it out later in his speech. He says, to be sure, we are behind, and we will be behind for some time in manned flight, but we do not intend to stay behind, and in this decade, we shall make up and move ahead. And thankfully, that's exactly what happened in the mission and the role of the United States. It continued and it expanded. But I say, what about the greatest mission? You know, what about the mission of Jesus Christ? The one of his to bring all of us in the church into unity. The one to give humanity a place in the kingdom of God. We can certainly have doubts. I think many of us, maybe all of us, have kind of, some we even doubt ourselves, or we doubt perhaps people in our family, kind of what are things going to be like for them, or we've had doubts about our society as a whole, or we've had doubts certainly in the last several years about our church. You know we're going to have all these kind of doubts, but today we rejoice. It's Gaudete Sunday. We celebrate the hope that in spite of all of those 
things and maybe the coldness of the world, maybe the darkness of our own doubts, yet in those doubts themselves, that obstacle that they present, we know we're compelled to seek God in deeper prayer, to, to hope in Him with even more of our soul. Look at John the Baptist. I don't for a second, and the more I read this gospel, the less I believe he had any real doubts about who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah. I mean, he goes on and on. He says, Jesus, nobody was ever born greater than John the Baptist. He's more than a prophet. I think he knew, John knew what was going on, but even if he didn't, we can understand. You know, if John, you know, he's about to give his blood for the gospel, you know, and even if he didn't have any misgivings, it's extremely likely that his, his brother's his disciples did. You know, John was the one who baptized Jesus. So John looks more important. And, and John, he was the one who led them to great fasting and works of penance. They'd become real soldiers for John. He was the front runner in their eyes. And no one spoke like John to the Pharisees and Sadducees. When they came to visit, we heard last week he called them a brood of vipers. That's not how you talk to the leaders of Israel, unless you're a really tough guy. And so behalf, on behalf of anybody that ever had any doubts, John sends them out to Jesus to ask, to clarify things. You know, we all want something more in life. We just, we just do. It's part of being human. You know, we want maybe a better TV show. Or we want another one of them. Uh, we want... A better car, a faster car. We want maybe more success at work. Uh, we want more brownies, more beer, more whatever. We want more, but the fact is when we get more, we still want more. It, it fails to be enough. You know, we're still left, and, and C.S. Lewis says, the fool, he blames the things themselves. He says, well, if I just got a different new car, or if I just went to a different place on my vacation, or I went there for longer, or a different part of the year, or, you know, if I just had a different job, or if I had better brownies, or whatever it is, you know, the fool just, he'll just keep going through this cycle. He just doesn't think, oh, well, it's just the, the things themselves. If I just replace that, then it's going to be, the next thing's going to be the trick. Then the other thing we could do is we could become disillusioned. Uh, you know, the whole thing's just impossible. You know, later on in our lives, maybe, maybe in our youth, we kind of think we can get more and more and that'll do it, but then eventually we just become soured to the whole thing, you know, and you just settle down and just don't expect too much out of life. You know, we kind of take this sort of, I don't know, um, kind of cocky attitude about the whole thing. We're kind of less of a nuisance, perhaps, to other people, but we're more of a prank, you know, a little more conceited. And if mankind actually was destined not to live forever, then the best we could do is probably just expect less out of life. What is Jesus' answer to the faith, these, these disciples of John? Doesn't the blind see? The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and he goes on and on. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. That's a very strange thing to say. Why would anyone take offense at Jesus? Again, by the contrast to John, he was maybe tame. In the eyes of these disciples. Obviously they wanted more. Perhaps they wanted more of John the Baptist. They wanted more of what he was doing. And Jesus was a kind of, he was doing these things in a different way than they were expecting from a Messiah. 
He wasn't coming along just the way they were expecting. We rejoice because of that. You know, the message of John's disciples, John's disciples, pardon me, was that there is something out there for their yearning, to meet their yearning. But it's not just going to be more of the military victories of King David. It's not going to be just more of the, uh, the amazing architectural wonder of King Solomon's temple. It won't even be more of the repentance of John the Baptist. Eventually, his baptism is replaced by the baptism of Christ. You know, his, this repentance will end, and the wedding feast will begin. And Jesus is the one to bring it to, to bear. Remember the fool, he just says, the fool was just say, well, more of the earthly things that I have been receiving, I just had more, that would be enough. I'm sure. And the disillusioned person says, well, you know, it's just nothing. Nothing will ever satisfy. But the Christian says that we would not have been born with these desires for the eternal, for this elusive more, unless some kind of satisfaction for these desires is possible. In other words, if I have a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, that I was made for more than this world. And so are you. And so we take heart with John the Baptist and his disciples. He has spent his whole life longing for something beyond the present world. He will not be disappointed, and neither will we. In fact, as Christians, we're not told not to look towards the future, not to look towards heaven, not to look towards Christ coming again. Rather, we pray for it every chance we get, knowing that the more that we look up to the heavens and look towards our future with Christ, the more we will accomplish the greater challenges we will overcome here, even at building here the beginnings to his heavenly kingdom. It's an interior journey, though, that he calls us to take. And we do not choose it because it is easy. We choose it because it is hard. It is a narrow path that when we find it, find it, when we're trying to seek it, we find it to start out upon it. We already meet Christ. And if we aim for Him, we will get a challenge. We will grow in strength. We will grow in unity. We will get happiness. This has been New Wine with Father Timothy Foy. If you've enjoyed what Father had to say, please write a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And remember to tune in tomorrow for the next episode of New Wine.